Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, I really don't think there's anyone who knows more about flavor than my guest today, chef, author, Food Network star, James Brissione, and James visited us here in Seattle many years ago with his book, Just Married and Cooking. He's now authored four books, including the huge hit Flavor Matrix. I think many of you have that, and he's out just this week with his new book, Flavor for All. So thank you, James, for coming back on. We really appreciate it. We missed you. A lot of life has happened to you since we talked all those years ago. Yes, there. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thrilled to be here talking with you. And yeah, there certainly has been a whole lot going on since uh, since last we chatted. But lots lots of fun and, and exciting things for sure. You you become a parent. Uh, has that influenced uh, your? I mean, uh, your your children seem to be pretty good about flavors. But is that something that they had to acquire? Are, are children naturally flavor people? Uh, I think it is. I think it is definitely learned. Uh, you know, there's there's certainly been been a lear- learning curve with both of our kids. Uh, you know, kind of just introducing new things, trying new things, and you know, even if on the first go round, um, they don't really. You know, one of them maybe won't really like it as much. You know, we we keep trying, and uh, you know, we kind of keep coming back or keep things coming back around, and uh, you know, eventually uh, you see some see some change and adaptation to them. Or with them, um, and 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 they start start taking in new food. So, um, you know, I think with that, I always, you know, for our advice, always with parents is just, you know, don't don't get discouraged. I tried it once, I didn't like it. Doesn't mean you can't try again a month or two later. And and uh, you know, just keep keep pushing new things. Well, you really had a, a big hit with Flavor Matrix, and that really uh, resonated with so many people. Is that kind of how you leaped then into flavor for all or is uh or how was flavor for all born yeah it really it really did grow out of the flavor matrix and uh you know we've just been been so thrilled with the flavor matrix it's been out for you know for two years now and we still uh you know hear from people all the time who are you know just discovering it uh or just really kind of you know digging into it and getting inspired by um you know learning about flavor and different ingredient combinations and how they can you know, be creative in in their own kitchen. We we you know we hear from tons of mixologists who are using it to create really cool cocktails and home cooks and professional chefs and everybody, uh, you know, is digging in and finding their own you know inspiration with the science of the flavor matrix. Um, but you know, throughout throughout that time that the flavor matrix has been out, we also heard from so many people, uh, you know, who are just kind of 
fascinated by the concept of, of flavor pairing, using that science of, of aromatic compounds in food, and you know, wanting to know, say, all right, but you know, how do you, you know, these dishes are so you know creative and, and interesting and, and complex that are in the flavor matrix, but how do you kind of you know, how, how do you cook on a Wednesday night? Because you know, clearly a lot of those dishes are not you know regular uh, everyday suppers. Um, and, and that was where Flavor for All came from. We wanted to kind of show people how you can use those, those same concepts, that same science, but just put, you know, a little creative twist on, on a dish. So, you know, a lot of, you'll see a lot of classic dishes, a lot of comfort foods in Flavor for All. And we're just using those, um, you know, using that science of flavor pairing to give each one a, a cool twist and add a little something unique to it. Well, flavor pairing is such a great concept because I just don't think that we tune into that enough. Um, we think about pairing wine and cheese or wine and meat or, or things with, with wine or cheese, but we don't think about the actual flavors and pairing those with things that we're just eating um, on an everyday basis. And that's where you really capture that in flavor for all. And I, just just to give people an idea, um, talk about your mushroom brownies, for for, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> you know that is, and, and you know everyone gets the wrong idea. I think, I think even the uh, the title is not that kind of mushroom brownies. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so what we're doing there, and, and again, you know, going back to studying the the aromatic compounds in food and what makes things go well with with uh, you know in separate ingredients or, or what can help accentuate. Um, there are so many um, common compounds in mushrooms and chocolate, um, and they can really enhance, you know, the mushroom actually really enhances um, that rich, earthy cocoa flavor. Um, so in that recipe, we're actually using mushroom powder um, in making our brownies, which just kind of like kicks the cocoa in, into overdrive and gives it this huge, you know, earthiness and really brings out the chocolatey flavors even more so, yeah, for people who like those, you know, that really kind of cocoa forward, um, boldly flavored brownie, this is it. You really don't even end up tasting the mushroom. You kind of notice as, oh, there's a little something extra, a little earthy in here, but you, you don't taste mushroom. You just get that extra blast of, of that of that big cocoa flavor. See, and that's exactly what is so fantastic about this book is because it's it's tips like that. I don't know if, if all chefs know those things. You learn those by going to um, to school. But I mean, I, I would never have thought of anything like that. And I think most people wouldn't either. And so that's a way to really put the exclamation part uh, point on your dish without it being very complicated. Through, fav yeah, uh, exactly. through pairing. Yeah, exactly. And and that's you know and that's really the focus in in flavor for all are those you know easy uncomplicated ways to really add these incredible touches of flavor um, you know that that so many chefs you know are, are kind of you know doing in in, in their professional kitchens and um, you know in, in, in fancy restaurants um, but bringing that home and, and using the science stuff to find those points you know. Um, where we're using, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, ground coffee or espresso powder to, to season meat so that if you just give it a, a quick five-minute sear, you're still getting huge, you know, roasted flavors or the espresso compound butter um, that we use to finish grilled steak and eggplant um, that adds this you know, just incredible depth of rich, smoky flavor um, to the foods. And, you know, again, it's something you could cook in a cast iron pan and in your 
you know, in your own kitchen in 15 minutes, but still get this, you know, kind of, we could like to call it all day flavor. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just incredible to go page by page and just see these, these combinations that you put together that really just kick it up and uh, Keontae braised beef with grits. Okay. That I would never have thought of in, in a million years. <laughs> Keontae, yes. <laughs> beef, yes. Grits, yes. But putting those all together um, and, and it just really comes together. So, I mean, not only artfully, but I mean, it's really just mind blowing. And you talk about how that flavor all comes together, and especially for people who may not uh, have worked with grits before, um, to to put that with the Chianti, with the braised beef, um, and then to plate it up, it's it's absolutely incredible. Thank you. Yeah, we we love that one. That's actually uh, you know kind of a, a signature dish at at the restaurant um, at Angelina's, our, our Italian restaurant here in Pensacola. Of course, we do, we do it with a locally milled polenta. Um, which which works equally well, but that you know that grew out of a, a pairing that we found that we found when researching the flavor matrix, and it was um, really this really interesting combination of, of beef, wine, and corn. Uh, you know, our, we we found were this really strong pairing and and, and really intriguing. Um, but then you kind of you know study that one, and you you think those three ingredients almost like you know it's almost like a basket on chopped. You're like, all right, how am I going to get these three ingredients? Um, you know, together. And if you're just thinking about corn on the cob, it, you know, you're really mm -hmm. limited in, into your options. And then you start thinking about, well, you know, what other forms can, you know, in what other ways can we get corn flavor into a dish? And of course you go to, you know, cornmeal, polenta, grits, uh, you know, you kind of open up a whole new set of options by just sort of, you know, expanding um, how you think about the ingredients. Yeah, that was, again, it was something that I hadn't seen before and then seen with that same corn concept because, I mean, corn is a, a, a food that is very common in the American diet. Kids love corn, um, so it's usually something that's very easy to incorporate in with our meals. Um, the avocado succotash, I love succotash. I, I actually am really glad to be seeing that it's kind of making a little uh, – um, come back because it's it's so flavorful and it's so good and it's basically pretty easy to make and then you have that avocado succotash recipe here in flavor for all and uh, I think it's very appealing to a broad base of people old and young yeah, absolutely. Our kids, you know, love that one, and they'll just they'll just sit in front of the bowl with a you know with a plate of chips and just eat eat the entire thing, uh, without without blinking. Uh, and it is, you know, it's it's, a, it's a, actually a fun dish to make. It's a beautiful dish. It's you know great for entertaining, um, and also just kind of a great you know standby to have have in the fridge. And you you make that and have in the fridge, and you know have, throw it on throw it on top of some greens and, you know, maybe mix in a, a little, you know, a little protein. You've got a, you've got a beautiful lunch, you know, an easy lunch to pack to take to the office or, or, you know, to school, wherever you may be heading. And, uh, you know, that kind of one of the other things we love, you know, in flavor for all is, is building in that versatility to dishes. Um, and, you know, and it's not just about, Hey, you make this dish one time and enjoy it at that one meal. And then, you know, start gearing up for the next thing that you're going to do. We love to have, to, to have these things that kind of bleed over into other meals. And you talked a minute ago about um, putting espresso or coffee uh, into ingredients, and you actually have an espresso butter 
recipe in here. And is is that something that 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 we can make ahead and and it will keep for a while and, and we can use it over and over? Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, compound butters are one of those really great chef tricks. Um, you know that you know we have a refrigerator full of them at the restaurant of you know, all different types, uh, you know, with, that incorporate fresh herbs, that incorporate different spices, um, sometimes roasted vegetables, um, you know, whatever seasonings, you know, we may be imagining. But that's the, the beauty of, of the compound butter is you make it, you wrap it tight, put it in the freezer, keep it in the fridge, depending on how often you're using it. Um, and it's there and ready, and it's going to add, you know, loads of flavor um, really, really quickly and really easily to a dish. Uh, we, they are definitely one of those secret, uh, secret weapons of chefs. Well, you know, I've talked about it before. I mean, some of my best memories of, of the meals I've had have come down to amazing butters. <laughs> that, that been, I'm a butter person, <laughs> but I have just Me really too. loved certain butters when, when I've gone out and, and things that, that chefs have done with butter when they, you know, they, they bring out the bread and, and butter. And I mean, you, it just sears into your memory or it, at least mine anyway, on, on, on how something that we've taken for granted can be so beautiful on the taste buds and just and just make this lasting memory and and I think people overlook that too many times. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think that's you know something that that does you know make you know that makes a restaurant great that you know uh, you know can really elevate an experience is is taking that time uh, you know to to focus on the small details like that. I mean, you know, so many so many places will just say you know okay we're we're doing bread service we'll you know cut up some butter and, and throw it out there. But, uh, you know, to, to take the time and attention to, to devote to that and say, you know, we're not just going to, we're not just going to cut up the butter and throw it out there. We're going to do something to make it unique, to make it special and, and memorable, and, you know, put that attention into it. Um, that's absolutely what, what I love. Well, I am so glad that you touched on that in, in the book and gave us that recipe and so many different tips like that because it is those those small things where you have brought this flavor into something that, that, that we're already eating it every day anyway. But why not really make it memorable? Why not put that exclamation point behind it? Why not take it to where it really should be? I mean, develop it to full potential and that's the wonderful thing about flavor for all is most of us don't have that we, we, we would never even think about these things and uh and i mean and then when when you do it we're like oh my gosh you know i mean of course that that completely makes sense or it doesn't make sense but i'm going to try it because the way you described it makes it seem like that that is an absolute uh you know no-brainer so i mean it's just remarkable and and you have been so vocal about flavors um really talking around the world you did a ted talk on on flavor what are we missing what, what what's the kind of basic thing that especially americans are, are missing when it comes to flavor well, you know, I think it really, it really goes back to what you mentioned earlier. We, you know, have all of these incredible charts and, and graphs about you know, the different aromas that are present. And, and when we're talking about flavor, you know, we are talking about aromas. Um, and, and we, you know, in, in both books, in the Flavor Matrix and in Flavor for All, we, you know, set out and kind of separate those things. Um, when we talk about flavor, we're talking about aroma and taste is, you know, what, what we sense on the tongue. And those are kind of the, the six tastes. 
um, you know, that we all know, salty, sa- salty, sweet, sour, bitter, uh, umami, and fat. So, you know, but we don't, we put so much attention on, on those things that we recognize on the tongue. Um, you know, when we're talking about wine or beer or coffee, you have all of these, you know, com- complex tasting wheels and, and all of these aromas that you study and, and you find present in, in these different beverages. Um, but you know, until the flavor matrix, no one had really taken that and applied it to food um, to really kind of analyze and think about the aromas that are present in each ingredient and then, and then how they interact with one another. Um, so that was, you know, really what we set out and we start thinking, you know, we wanted to think a lot about aromas um, and, and start, you know, getting people thinking about their food in that way. So, and of course, we did that incredibly in depth in in the flavor matrix. But in flavor for all, we wanted to make it a little, you know, a little more everyday, a little more, you know, easy and breezy. Um, so with each recipe, we we look at a specific compound, a, a specific aroma that's present in multiple ingredients in that dish. And you know, we just kind of give you it's just a little off to the side, so it doesn't you know, interrupt the flow of the recipe or anything you're doing. Just if you want to kind of dig in and learn a little more, it's right there. We we give the the compound, uh, the aromas that it presents, and and which ingredients it's present in. Um, so it just gives you a little extra insight to actually what's happening in that recipe, what's happening with those ingredients as you cook, um, that helps bring them together and can hopefully you know inspire people who are, are seeing it to uh, you know. Uh, make the recipes their own, maybe adding another ingredient that matches those aromas or finding a, a beverage to pair that can match those aromas as well. Well, there's so many aha moments in flavor for all. I mean, page after page of photography is fantastic. One thing you did not leave out, which I have to highlight is your drink section, because not only <laughs> are there flavors in, in food, but I mean, in drink as well. And not only here in the book, but if people go to your website, um, you also really focus on a lot of different drinks as well. And the cucumber, apple, uh, Savion Blanc, sangria. Everybody loves sangria. Um, and there's great ways to make it. And then you have done this. Again, something I did not think about, cucumber and apple, putting those things together with Savion Blanc makes perfect sense because cucumber and apple uh, are, are basic to um, uh, Savion Blanc. And so adding those two things together, I mean, I might have thought of cucumber by itself. I might have thought of I mean, all of these uh, times that I have talked to so many of the best chefs, including yourself from around the world, I don't think to put cucumber and apple together and then put it in Savion Blanc. I mean, it's a... I mean, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. I really believe that's going to be my go-to standard um, drink next year um, when the pool's open. We always have people at our house because we have a pool. And so we're kind of that house that, you know, people kind of congregate at when it's warm. And so I I do make a lot of sangria because it's it's so easy. But um, this is is so refreshing and it looks so wonderful and it actually looks pretty in the glass. So um, there's so many things like that, peach, basil, and rosé sangria. Everybody has uh, a lot of rosé. And then you also have some drinks that are non-alcoholic. But do you want to talk about that drink section a little bit? Because it's it's really phenomenal. Yeah, well, absolutely. And and thank you. I I love that you zeroed in on those two. They are um, 
they are definitely just just as you said there um not only you know refreshing but beautiful so you know if you are entertaining and you really want to look like a pro you know just having a, a clear pitcher with some wine um you know and then these unique combinations of, of fruits and vegetables you know um, into them that, that infuse their flavors uh make for for a really great experience but yeah you know in the book we we say at the very beginning we kind of we designed this book around the way that we actually do uh cook and eat at home so that means there is a hefty uh bigger than normal in most books section of both uh drinks and desserts <laughs> because that's what we love um but then you know throughout the book it is organized by um really just just by dish type so you know we focus on chicken and you know not only all of this you know study and flavor but i was uh, the director of culinary research at the Institute of Culinary Education in New York City uh, for for ten years. So, all of those you know little nuggets I've kind of held on to from from teaching future chefs of the world. Um, you know, we're adding we're adding in all of that information as well about you know all of the the nuances of of cooking chicken and the different cuts of chicken and how to best utilize them and how to um, you know swap them in recipes. I, I I really want to you know encourage and inspire people to. You know, they say they, they read a recipe that's, you know, chicken thighs, but it looks great. Oh, but I don't like chicken thighs or, you know, we need to be eating chicken breast. Um, you know, I'm going to go off and find a different recipe. No, we kind of give you all, you know, everything you need to know about how to adapt that recipe into, you know, using a different cut, even if it's if, it, if it's a if it's a chicken or if it's pork tenderloin, um, you know, the the adaptability in, in so many recipes. But, um, you know, we, we also say in the book, as far as I'm concerned, you know, reorganized by dish because um you know we don't really organize things by meal uh, as far as i'm concerned the only thing that separates breakfast lunch and dinner is the time of day that you eat it uh I'm, you know steak if it's if it's steak for breakfast hey sometimes that happens if it's you know eggs and pancakes for dinner sometimes that happens too so you know we're we're not locked into what type of meal um just when we want to eat it when we feel like eating it so um you know we we love that versatility that's that's really baked into the book well, and it really comes through and shows, and not only if, if people don't know, um, were you the director of culinary research at the Institute of Culinary Education in New York, but you won the Food Network's Chopped twice. You're a two-time winner of that. Um, you have hosted you know, several shows, including Mancrafted, uh, which is, I think people can watch now. And I know if they go to your website, you have links to all of that as well. Um, so you've hosted, you've been a judge and, and you've competed. Which do you like the best hosting, judging, or, or competing? Oh, um, definitely hosting. <laughs> well, sorry, actually, <laughs> sorry, definitely, definitely judging. Host, hosting is, is a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, as far as as far as the ease, uh, judging is it. You know, you, you show up. There's no pressure. Uh, you just get to kind of in, enjoy and, and marvel at these amazing things that other chefs make. And um, you know, it's it, it, it's a fun way. It's a fun way to spend a day. Well, and then of course you were named People Magazine sexiest chef. Um, is that uh, is that just a horrible burden that that you have to endure and bear now? <laughs> You know, there's there's still some there's there's still some theories out there about some accounting errors that uh, that led to that. <laughs> uh, but it was it's been officially printed and they can't take it back. So uh, no, exactly. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let it go. I know I've had lots I've had T-shirts made up. Um, you know, we've got posters all over the house. 
um, Heck yeah. just in case anyone anyone ever forgets um, that that was the case. Shoot, I'd be giving up People magazines for Christmas, birthdays. I'm like, here's here's a book. And by the way, I don't know if you've seen People magazine, but there that is too. You know, James, it's always, always great to have you on. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you are. There's been storms, you know, down in the Gulf. And and you have this uh, very successful restaurant down there. And your father and a husband and, and a world-renowned chef. So I really I mean, I, I just can't thank you enough, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come back on with us and, and talk with us here in Seattle and, and to people around the world. So thank you very much for that. Oh, no problem. Always happy, always happy to chat with you, Lori. Thank you. The book is called Flavor for All. It's out now. As we say, cookbooks make great gifts. And it's available wherever books are sold. If you can't find it, ask for it. People want to sell you a book. If, if you don't see it, they will order it for you. But, of course, it's available on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and uh, your local bookstore. So uh, flavor for all, and we will be right back. I think that went great. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.